Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 156 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. We got an awesome show for everybody today. Uh, I'm sure you saw by the title of the episode, but I talked to DeAndre Jordan at the Raptors practice last week, so we got him on the podcast. Also, a really good conversation with American Raptors lock, Hawk, and friend coming up here, too. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into the podcast the same way we always do. That's by starting off with the breakdown, and the breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. It's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. So starting off with the American Raptors, it's been a busy week around here. Um, if you've been following along on social, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, but all kind of started last Friday when the Denver Nuggets dropped by. The captain's run uh, went through a little rugby workout, and from what I understand, it came together pretty last minute. Saw a lot of people like, what is this? What's going on? So... Here's the backstory. Jacob Nelson, who is the American Raptors strength and conditioning coach, uh, has been around the program for about a year and a half, really since the XO initiative got started, is friends with the Denver Nuggets strength and conditioning coach. And the Nuggets were supposed to go train at a UFC gym around Denver last week. Um, There was a COVID situation going on at the gym from the sounds of it. And they called Jacob and the Raptors to see if they could come out and do a rugby workout. Uh, just trying to do something fun on a Friday, it looked like. And the Raptors, of course, said yes. Showed up on a Friday morning to watch the captain's run, uh, the Clarity run before the Raptors went up to Aspen. Uh, so the, the Nuggets came out and watched that run. Um, once that was finished, the Nuggets went down and, and did a rugby practice. So uh, they did some passing drills. They did you know a lot of cardio stuff, some two-on-ones. They played a game of touch at the end. And a few of them did lineouts as well. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, again, who I talked to on the podcast, he, he was eager to throw his hand up, said he wanted to do a line-out, uh, but the Nuggets shut that down pretty quickly, as they should. So a couple guys did line-outs, which was fun to see. If you could imagine, if you had NBA players on your team, you probably wouldn't lose many line-outs. Um, and I was honestly surprised. I was surprised to see Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan show up. They were the last ones to arrive. Uh, kind of blew my mind to see them walk through the gates. Uh, some of the, the bigger names on the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Bone Thailand, Bruce Brown, who they just signed, Christian Brown. Uh, those guys weren't there. Um, 
which was kind of a bummer to see. But it, but the Nuggets were awesome. And the people that did show up were awesome. They were super friendly. Uh, they came into the workout, workout with a great attitude. They took it very seriously. They really tried to master some of these rugby skills that they were learning that day. Uh, I think everybody had a good time. Some of the players traded kit, real rugby fashion. I know Max Stacy and DeAndre Jordan changed. They traded shirts, which was cool to see. A couple other guys switched shirts as well. Um, so they, they really introduced the Nuggets to, to what it's like to be in the rugby community, which was really cool to see. Um, and they, they tried. Like I said, they really did try. They had a great attitude, super nice, generous with their time, uh, took pictures, shook hands with everybody. So it was really just an awesome experience. And then right after that, you know, right after the session with the Nuggets ended, the Raptors piled into the car and, and drove up to Aspen for Ruggerfest. So talk a little bit about Ruggerfest now. If you listen to the show last week, try to give a good rundown of the schedule, the proposed schedule at that point, I suppose. Um, but there was some scheduling changes, as is rugby the day before. So the Raptors ended up playing three pool matches on Saturday, defeated Olympic Club 12-0. That was the first game of the day, nice and early, 8 a.m. Uh, then they played Ombach later in the day. Uh, they won that one 26-22. The Raptors actually had to come back from a little bit of a deficit in that one, which was some good you know, adversity early on. And then they beat Boulder RFC 26-8 to to close out pool play. They then went on to beat the Denver Barbarians 49-0 to in the semifinal on Saturday evening, set up a rematch, you know, in the 2022 final, which was the, the, the rematch of last year's final against the gentlemen of Aspen, fortunately for the Raptors. This year's final sounds like it went almost exactly the same as last year's final. I didn't make it up last year. Um, but the Raptors got up to a pretty big league and lead in the first half. I think it ended up being 22-10 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then they ended up ultimately falling 45-39s. Aspen had a really strong second half. Probably for the first 20 or 30 minutes of that second half, it, the, they just didn't give up control of the ball. They just had the ball. They were attacking the Raptors zone over and over and over again. And that just wears teams down, especially at altitude. You know, you're getting later into the, the fifth game of a weekend. Um, so it's not surprising to, to kind of when, when you can possess a ball like that, it's not surprising to see a team, you know, just get worn down. Um, Aspen had a good team, though. Kurt Marath is playing 10. Ben Mitchell has been a player coach for Aspen for the last few years. He was playing in the second row. Um, Campbell Johnstone, former Raptor, was playing inside center, just to name a few guys. Uh, it was a really fun match to watch, though. When the Raptors finally did get the ball back in hand uh, late in the second half, they scored two consecutive tries. Um, I think they got a, a penalty goal earlier in the second half, so they scored first and second half, but then went on a, a big cold stretch. Um, they did punch in two consecutive tries right at the end and had, I think, two more chances to, to punch one in and potentially win the game. Just didn't go that way. That's rugby. Uh, but it, it was a really fun match to watch. It did come down to the wire. It was a fun atmosphere. I kept trying to explain to people, like, imagine I've never been to Rucker Park, but imagine like watching a basketball game at Rucker Park where people are just crowded into this area. That's what Aspen Rugger Fest was like. There's a big rugby pitch right in the middle of the city. It's just roped off. There's literally enough room to for the officials and the players to be on the pitch. Um, even with me with a camera, it was hard to, to kind of maneuver because it is so tight. And then people just pile in around this field and they watch rugby and they have a good time. Crowd was super into the final. It was awesome, awesome environment, awesome experience. Everyone's up there just have a great time. 
uh, and I certainly had a great time as well. So this is a fun Raptors group. Should play some entertaining rugby this fall. I believe the schedule is out online now. Talk a little bit more about that next week probably as we learn a little bit more about those matches. Um, but this is a fun group. I'm excited about it. Uh, we'll go ahead and move into the USA Rugby portion of the breakdown, which kind of is a crossover with the American Raptors part of the breakdown. So I had the opportunity to go out and take a few photos of the USA camp that's been going on for the last two weeks on Tuesday, Wednesday, when? Tuesday. I, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Uh, so I'm still not sure what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say, but I know that I am allowed to say that three Raptors have been training with the Eagles. Caleb Geiger, uh, Ethan McVeigh have been in camp. Lena Lott, who's brought in this week to kind of help with training numbers. Zach Hall was also, also supposed to be helping with training numbers, but he's been dealing with a bit of an injury, so he hasn't been able to. But it is pretty cool to see. This is kind of like, you know, this is the whole point of this program, right, to bring in the crossover athletes. Caleb Geiger is a true crossover athlete. He's only been playing rugby for, um, you know, two years now. Less than that, year and a half. Uh, so it's cool to see guys like Caleb and Lena get this opportunity working with the Eagles. Um, hopefully, you know, we see them make a roster. That'd be awesome. That'd be kind of this whole program coming together, right? This has been what they've been working towards. Um, you got David Stoll in the seventh circuit, of course, but to, to actually get a couple of guys rostered on the 15s, team would be amazing. So have to keep our eyes on that, of course. Um, and I, I did check. I am allowed to say that uh, with every party involved. So that's been awesome to see. And I should have some more fun updates about this camp next week because um, there is something going down on Friday that should be pretty cool also. I'll talk about that more about that on next week's episode. Uh, so we'll go and jump into all the rugby you could watch this weekend. All the rugby you could watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Uh, Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, cream sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oils and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. So we've got some college rugby going on in the United States this weekend. Got Virginia Tech at St. Bonaventure on Saturday at 10 a.m. We've got I can never say this word, so I'm going to mess this up, and I'm sorry. Quinnipiac uh, versus Dartmouth on Saturday at 11 a.m., and Princeton versus Harvard on Saturday at 11 a.m. Also, you can catch all those matches on ESPN+. Got Premiership Rugby rolling all weekend. You can catch all those matches on Peacock. Top 14's going this weekend. We got round four. Catch all that action on Flow Rugby. We've got the Rugby Championship going as well. All Blacks versus Australia on Saturday at 1.05 a.m. And South Africa versus New Zealand on Saturday at 9.05 a.m. You can catch those matches on Flow Rugby as well. And I think that does it for all the rugby you can watch this week. And if I miss something, I'm sorry. Um, but that's what I was able to track down. Let's go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. Uh, these interviews with American Raptors, Locke, Hawk and Friend, and Denver Nuggets center DeAndre Jordan are brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. So got the rare double feature interview episode. I used to do these a lot more, but uh, I've been trying to be more strategic about my interviews and, and space them out when I have a couple of them piled up. Um, but I really enjoyed this conversation with American Raptors Lock, Hawk and Friend, um, and I hope you do too. And then stick around after this interview with Hawken, and we'll go ahead and jump into my interview, my very short interview with Denver Nuggets center DeAndre Jordan about his first rugby practice. All right, in three, two, one. All right, 
I welcome on American Raptors Lock, Hawk and Friend to the program. Hawk and how you doing, man? Good. Good to be here. Good. You have a very special interview. I want to tell you this because I talked I interviewed DeAndre Jordan from the Nuggets last week oh, wow. about his first rugby practice, and I'm putting in the same episode as you. So hopefully bump up the listeners, we get Hawk and Friend's name out there a little bit That'd more. That's cool. the plan. <laughs> so so Hawk, uh, first question I ask everybody that comes on the show is you, you tell us a little bit about where you're from. Um, so I'm from Bolivar, Missouri originally, uh, which is the next biggest town close to there is Springfield, which is in the southwest corner of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, just a small farm town, not much going on other than just, uh, yeah, regular farm town stuff. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, I know you come from a little bit of a football background, but, mm-hmm. but did you play other sports growing up? Uh, yeah. Uh, so actually I played baseball first. I, okay. I started playing baseball when I was very young, like at four years old. Um, and then I didn't start playing football until freshman year of high school. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I kind of got a late start there. Uh, parents didn't really want me to play football. Played one year of basketball junior year. Wasn't too bad at it. Didn't really like it. Yeah, uh, why not? Uh, I used all my fouls. And okay, do, yeah. Uh, refs did not <laughs> like me at all. Because in football, you know, you can kind of talk. Yeah. Talk to the refs a little bit. Let them know how they're wrong. Not in basketball. Uh-uh. I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the fouls are there for. They're there to be used, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is that it? Baseball, football, basketball? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty nice. much it, yeah. How, what position in baseball did you play? Um, in baseball, I typically played uh, center field. I, I just had a cannon. I know I'm really tall, but not much of a pitcher. Didn't have yeah. really great accuracy, but I could throw it a mile. <laughs> and so they stuck me out there, yeah. so... Did you always play tight end in football? Uh, yeah, I kind of started out as a tight end, like wide receiver hybrid. I'd be out in the slot or out wide sometimes, about 50-50. Um, I'd be out tight on the line and then split out wide Very nice. uh, throughout high school. And then college, I was only recruited as a tight end. That was it. That's, yeah. yeah. Nice. So have you met Caleb Geiger yet? Yeah. Okay, so Caleb Geiger, I think he, he played college baseball. And then he played one year of college football. And I asked him this. When I talked to him last, I guess it was in like around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Is, do you see any similarities to rugby and baseball? Like whether it be in the movement? I can tell you what he said, but I kind of want to hear your answer first. Mm. That's a good question. That's not something I really thought about. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so and then how this kind of arose is like obviously this is a crossover program. Um, the, the DNVR, which is the company that this podcast is hosted through. DNVR, you know, covers the Broncos. They cover all the major professional mm-hmm. sports. They also cover the college sports. So last year for the Olympics, we had this idea. We built sevens teams out of, like, athletes from, you know, the, the all-time great Broncos. And the and so when we got to the Rockies one, I was like, we shouldn't even do this. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and we, we ended up doing it. And then I asked Caleb, and, and he actually brought up a couple of good points. So hopefully that gave you enough time to think yeah. about a good answer. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I can really think of is baseball – as well as rugby, communication is such is like is big key. You yeah. know, I mean, you're always talking out on the diamond. I know, like outfielders are always talking to each other, talking about the 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 hitter versus like the bat, uh, the hitter versus the pitcher that we have. Like, if we know our our pitcher is like a, a he throws gas, right? He throws a lot of fastballs. Like we're talking, like he's probably going to be late, going to be pulling it or going to be pushing it into the opposite field, right? In the same way as in rugby, like you're always talking, letting them know where you're at um, uh, based off of where they are. And, and yeah. you're telling them, like, I'm flat, I'm flat or I'm deep, you know. So communication, I think, is a, a big thing that's 
kind of similar between the two. For That's sure. a good answer. That's not what he said, but I still like that answer a lot. I don't think there's a wrong one. Uh, but Caleb was talking a lot about like lateral movements, right? Like, uh, yeah. like it's a lot of lateral movement in baseball. Um, and one of the things we discussed too is like, you don't you don't run like a ton in baseball. I guess depending on the position you play, but everything yeah. you know when you are moving, it's like it's a lot of quick side twitch, to side. right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's super sudden. Like every time you you make a you know either you're going for a ground ball or you're you know chasing down a, a fly ball, like you're sprinting, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're running out of base. Uh, so that's kind of like some similarities too. Is like maybe you you're not moving as much as you do in rugby, right. but when you when it is time to move, it's like right now you got to go. Super that's a fast. good that's a good point. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I, I thought that was. Uh, I always think like I want to ask baseball guys because when I was doing that one, I even went into it. And I was like, I don't even really know like how this is. This makes sense. But the more baseball guys I talk to, I'm I'm starting to put you know the picture together, which is good. Um, and then speaking of basketball too, I know you said you didn't really like playing basketball, but do you feel like now that you've played rugby for a little bit, does rugby feel more like basketball than football, or does it feel more like football than basketball? Uh, it's a Man, that's probably a tie. I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, it, there's just so much from both that it kind of brings together into one sport. But I think the physicalness of it, I'd say it's probably more close to football. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of similarities there. I think I didn't really notice how much it looked like basketball until this crossover program started. Like, I remember the first camp in November 2020 – watching guys with basketball backgrounds like do some of these passing drills and stuff and like they just looked it looked like they were playing yeah. point guard like it looked yeah. like they were just distributing the ball um i asked deandre jordan that that'll come up after people listen to your <laughs> episode i was like did, did you kind of feel like playing basketball and he was like yeah you can definitely just kind of like the flow of everything you know it does you know it looks more like basketball i think yeah. i played a lot of soccer when i was growing up and i played football from when i was you know, seven through high school. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that playing rugby felt more like soccer than football to me. And mm. I think it's just like the freeness of it. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, never it's, really played soccer, but like right. I've, I've watched quite a bit of it in my time. And it, yeah, I could I could definitely see it being more like soccer. Yeah, yeah. that's what it always felt like. like. Of course, the physicalness was, was where football came into play, mm-hmm. but just like the being creative and like the freeness that, comes with playing rugby like always felt like soccer to me um so let's get back to you now so can you tell me a little bit about your football career i'm just kind of curious to know how you ended up at um, evangel university and what your experience was like there um well i was a homeschool kid all the way up through uh high school um so homeschool sports are pretty spread out yeah Uh, how does that work uh, so if you're homeschooled and there's a team organization in the area, show up, sign up to play. Um, they don't usually cut anybody cause there's so little numbers, right. but, um, yeah, so I was very fortunate. Uh, I lived in Bolivar and the closest, uh, uh, team was in Springfield. So, um, traveled 45 minutes one way every day to practice for baseball and then eventually football when I got started there. Um, my older brother was our running back, oh, so nice. I didn't get a lot, I didn't get a lot of uh, looks until my senior year after he graduated. <laughs> yeah. um, and we weren't really much of a passing team until my senior year, and that's kind of when I had my breakout year. Nice. Um, I led he's my taking, team. He's taking all the touches. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I led my team in receiving yards my senior year in touchdowns. Um, did 
didn't have a whole lot of looks from colleges early on, uh, but after my senior season, uh, got a few more looks. Uh, got one from MSU, uh, University of Northern Iowa. Oh, nice. Um, had some Paul, Paul Emmerich's alma yeah, mater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, had a couple other looks, and then there's uh, Evangel, obviously, and then almost every team that was in Evangel's conference, so oh, the nice. Heart, Heart of America conference. Um, went on a few visits. I didn't want to have a lot of options, which was, right. I always tell people now, like, options are a good thing, you know, yeah. like, go get your free t-shirt, see what the college is like, you know, find the right place for you. But, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in God, and I, I, I believe that just me going to Evangel was a complete God thing. I mean, I, I had, I had opportunities to go other places, um, not even so much just the bigger schools, but it just felt like the place that I was supposed to be. Um, met some really great people there, uh, coaches there, uh, really tried their best to take care of me. And, um, but the thing I'm like most thankful for is I, I stayed kind of close to home to play college football because I had some family problems going on. But the thing I'm most thankful for staying home was I was able to reconnect with who's now my wife, um, uh, reconnect with her. We had been friends for a long time. And so just me staying home, I feel like it just kind of set up everything in the right way for us to get together and eventually get married. And um, that's that's just where I was supposed to be, I believe. Yeah. So it's awesome, man. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that sounds perfect. So can, can you take me through kind of the end of your college career? Because you just, when did you graduate, I guess? Um, I technically just graduated in uh, May of this past year. Oh, yeah. nice. So what, what has these last few months been like? Like, how did you get recruited to this program? When did that happen, and how are you here now? <laughs> um, well, okay, so this kind of starts back in December. I got an uh, invitation to go to uh, an American National Combine. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, leading up to that, training into it, uh, kind of hit a brick wall with myself. Wasn't really for sure, like, what I was doing, you know, I kind of got burnt out. Um, but thankfully, my wife kind of kicked my butt in gear and uh, really encouraged me to uh, pers pursue my dream. And, um, and that was a good kick in the pants that I needed. And uh, so I, I trained pretty hard uh, the last couple months going into the combine. Did, didn't, do, didn't do too bad. Um, literally got a message from Peter like a couple days later. Um, he saw my name on the list of the combine list and uh, uh, talked me into coming into <laughs> coming here to a visit uh, yeah. in July. And then, yeah, I kind of got the contract like the next day. Uh -huh. And it was just so many things just clicked. I mean, um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't much going on with football wise, like uh, nothing really uh, showed its face. Um, after some long conversations with my wife and some long talks to God, like we both just kind of felt like this was, you know, there's the route to go for now. And it's been a lot of fun. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so cause you've been here, what about three weeks, three a month weeks? now. Yeah. Okay. So it's been about a month. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like <laughs> so much has happened. It's so much has happened. So how are you liking it so far? Um, man, it's just learning the sport has been, it's been a challenge and a blessing at the same time. Uh, it's a beautiful sport when you actually start learning, um, 
learning the game from a player aspect, I've only watched like a couple, you know, yeah, like had, maybe you, a couple matches. Did you know anything beforehand. about rugby when Peter Not called you? Not a thing. Okay. I knew that you had to pass the ball back, uh-huh. and I knew what off and onsides was, and so I could kind of good. That's yeah. more than a lot of people. I mean, I could kind of understand what was going on. I didn't understand when they were kicking the ball back and right. forth to each other, but uh, yeah, but uh, I didn't really understand any pattern to it or anything like that. But then I started coming here and. Um, just learning the basis of things, it was it was a big step for sure, and I gained a lot of respect for this sport really fast. That's awesome. Yeah. What? So this was your first taste, right? Aspen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how was Aspen? Did you like it? Uh, Aspen's a beautiful, beautiful little town. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere was great. Uh, just to be able to play on a field that's been there for so long, right? In a tournament that's been so rich in history for so long. I mean, it is a it is a pretty cool blessing to be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then how about the rugby? Like, did was it what you expected? Was it harder than you expected? How how was your first match? I was not expecting people to come flying in so fast on tackles. <laughs> I mean, like you know, you don't have a face mask on, you don't yeah. have a helmet on, right? I figured they'd let up last second just a little bit. No, like, but once yeah. I after those first couple of minutes, once I kind of settled in, I was like, all right, this is how you play rugby. I mean, yeah. you fly in there, you know. You're not really worried about. You don't play scared because that's how you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, so. that is true. It's kind of like football, right? You just gotta yeah. get the the first hit or two out, and you yeah. feel a lot better. Uh, the, that's great, though. Um, so, what has been the hardest part about the transition to rugby so far? Um, knowing the rules, um, and then just kind of uh, putting all our offensive and defensive installs together with those rules, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I explained this to my wife a couple of weeks ago. It was like it, starting rugby has kind of been like going straight to college football and never playing a down of football in your life. Yeah. Um, and that might be just a little bit more, uh, I don't know, for me, I could relate to that. And uh, so it's just, <laughs> it's, it's a lot different for uh-huh. sure. Um, but How has been like the fitness part of it? A lot of people say that, I mean, it's just so different from your body what your body needs to play football right yeah. like you're not doing the same things mm. um man the training the training's been a lot of fun i can say I've, i'm a big like gym guy i like to i like to move weight when i can and um that was my degree exercise science and so j- the just the new styles of training i think are a lot of fun I'm, i mm. might be a weird guy yeah. like it's it i enjoy the challenge stuff i've never done before um just seeing how fast and how well my body can adapt to what they want. It's, uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I, I'm enjoying the process for sure. So That's awesome. Yeah. Has there been something that you maybe thought was going to be hard, but actually has been relatively easy oh, in the um, transition process? I really thought that my conditioning was going to be not good when I came here, mm-hmm. um, simply because of the altitude adjustment. Yeah. Um, but I hit the trails with my wife and we went on a few hikes, got up to 12,000 feet plus a few times, really stretched my lungs, really trained those pretty hard. And that helped me a lot in the first like uh, week and a half of training. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I was able to kind of get in that shape a little bit faster. Um, But so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, the conditioning was definitely my biggest worry, but it's also been one of the easier things to get adjusted to for me, thankfully. Yes. So, because I've heard from other people that that's not been the case. Yeah. Uh, what have you? This might be kind of a weird question because, like, you did come in and shape, but a lot of these guys 
like I think of Jalen Robinson, who was a part of the program, you know, the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he played defensive line at Purdue. So, like, he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pretty well documented. Like, he lost in those first two seasons, he lost like 60 pounds. Like, there was a wow. guy here last year, Chase Stelling, who played offensive yeah. line at um, North Carolina A&T, or no, excuse me. I, I'm sorry, Chase, I forgot what school you played at. Um, but Chase lost over 100 pounds since he started playing rugby. And so he's, you know, been very vocal about, like, this not only, like, gave me something to do, like, mm-hmm. this very literally, like, probably added years to my life yeah. because I'm I'm not 340 pounds anymore. Like, yeah. I'm 230 now, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, have, have you noticed, like, anything with your body like that? Chase also was very, you know, talked about <clears> – <throat> just not being able to eat enough because of how much they're like moving around out there. That's, like, that's facts I'll right now. I'll yeah. watch and I'll, I'll like, geez, I burned 10,000 calories, 15,000 calories, like insane numbers yeah. of calories today. So have you kind of noticed that? Yeah. Uh, I can't eat enough right now. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. But, uh, I've actually put on 10 pounds. Oh really? Um, so I came in and yeah, like 220. Actually, like I think the lightest I weighed was like 217, uh-huh. and this morning I weighed in at 230. Oh nice! And so I think that's I think that's just because Coach Coach Jake has a great program, yeah. and I've really bought into it, and I've been working my butt off right that's in the gym, awesome. and um, and I've needed to too. I mean, I'm too skinny. My wife told me I was too skinny, <laughs> uh, and I agree. So I I needed to put yeah. put on some well, pounds. You're so. well on your way then. Yeah, you're doing the right things. Yeah. Uh, who has kind of been the biggest help as you get your feet under you on the team? Uh, Max and Sean, for sure. I mean, yeah. those those guys have really taken me under their wing and just kind of showed me how to play that lock position as best as they can. Um, and they have so much wisdom. I mean, Coach Bot has to tell them to shut up sometimes because they're <laughs> just, like, talking to me all the time, yeah. coaching me up, and I, I appreciate those boys. Yeah, that's got to be a big help with a guy like Sean because he's kind of like exactly like you. Like he's a, he he's played, taller than me. Yeah, yeah he like, played tight end. You know, he came in a little bit thinner. Like he was telling me in college how he had to put on waves. He had to eat a whole pizza every Friday. Yeah. And did you have to do something like that? Yeah. Whole I, pie Friday? That's what I, I called it. I always tried to eat like at least like 4,500 calories a day uh-huh. if I could. But uh, grocery bills were insane. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's tough to keep up with. Yeah. That. No, that, that is that I was just, you know, as you were talking, like that's got to be such a big help. And Sean is a guy that's yeah. already done so much in such a short amount of time. Like that that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's like attainable stuff too. So that's awesome. So uh, moving away from some of the sports stuff, Scott has told me that you've done a lot of cool stuff in Africa. Do you want to talk about some of that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I actually have my wife to think about that too because she's been, what, five times now, um, actually. Yeah, so she's really good friends with uh, some great people in Branson, Missouri that run a nonprofit uh, called uh uh, Generation Next. Sorry, my bl- my my brain blanked there. I was ready. Anyway, I was getting ready yeah. to hit pause. We can. Uh, <laughs> Good yeah, Generation Next, and basically they run an academy over there. It's basically like a public school. A lot of a lot of schools over there are boarding schools, mm. um, in Kenya, and uh, so they're pretty pricey, and not everyone can really send their kids there. Um, but what they do is they they fund, um, I mean they they fund these kids' education. Um, and uh, we, my wife and I sponsor a child, and uh, I was actually able to go last uh, May, and I was, we were able to meet her. My wife had already met her, but I was finally able to meet her after saving for two-plus years. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, I mean, definitely came back with some perspective. I mean, right. that's the, 
a lot of first world problems here. Like yeah. I was literally talking to one of my buddies, Dakota, here on the team, and yeah. he was like, he just, he just lost his keys, and he's like, yeah, well, first world problems, right? Yeah. And I was like, that's very true, but uh, and that's but that's all they know there, right. you know, like they the poverty there poverty there is not like poverty here, and it's uh, it is definitely a, sh a shock. Like you try to prepare yourself for like to see some of the things that you, you know you expect, like. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be sleeping on a bed of bricks. I can, I can handle it, you know. But then you get there and it just breaks you down. I mean, you want to help so much, but um, yeah, Riley and Tracy, they they run a really great um, uh, program through Generation Next. Um, it, I mean, they've touched so many, so many lives uh, positively, and and mine including. Um, just the 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 change that one kind of goes through when you go there and you witness those things and you, you talk to those people and you just see how happy they are even mm -hmm. despite the the circumstances and the living conditions they don't care they always have a smile on their face because life is still good yeah. so it's just a very encouraging uh trip to be able to go on life changing for right. sure yeah that's awesome i can only imagine that's i can't i can't wait to go back yeah, yeah. Or you have plans to go back oh yeah in yeah the cards, so that's I, would, I wouldn't say no to living there at all really yeah, yeah. interesting uh scott also mentioned that you have climbed mount kilimanjaro is that true no oh. no we saw that's it not true. that's bad info on scott. <laughs> yeah, that's all good i i we wanted it we wanted to climb it i would for but sure. you saw it, though. Yeah, we saw okay, it. Okay, so yeah. that's good enough. There's at least some wink. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's not totally misleading me. Yeah. I was looking last week, actually, because um, elevation in Aspen's like 8,000 feet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this has to be pretty high, you know, in terms of, like, where rugby union has been played. Yeah. And um, there's a place in Johannesburg, South Africa, that is high. It's, it is higher. It's it's higher than wow. – Aspen is higher than this place in Johannesburg. But um, – there's been I was looking. There's like documented rugby matches that have taken place, and one of them actually was on Mount Kilimanjaro. People hiked it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and they played rugby up there. Just, Holy cow! Think you could do that? Uh, I would <laughs> definitely try for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, what a view to play with. Somebody, I mean. somebody won up them and did it on Mount Everest. So oh, technically oh wow! The highest <laughs> rugby match played in the world. I think there's like a technicality. It might have been like the highest 15s match in the world. <laughs> Everest was the highest sevens match, but wow. but uh. Still. The Guinness Book of World Records does not, this is what I learned in this whole thing, is, like, they don't really cut you any slack. Like, it has to be a regulation-sized field. You have wow. to play, like, a full match. You know, it has to be, like, 80 minutes if you're playing 15s. Like, they really were not, like, you can't just go up there and, like, toss a ball around and say, like, <laughs> Oh, we played play rugby. rugby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if you'd had climbed Mount, Mount Kilimanjaro, that's, that would have made a lot more sense. Uh, and that yeah. would have been a way better uh, well, connection. It's all good. I got to see it. Bad info from Scott, so... We'll get on to that, that later. So. Dang it, Scott. <laughs> well, Hagen, I think that's all the questions I have for you, man. I don't know if I, I missed anything. Feel free to include it, but um, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to watching you play. Thank you. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with American Raptors Lock, Hawken friend. I know I certainly did. He's done some cool stuff. Um, now let's go ahead and jump into this very short conversation I had with Denver Nuggets center DeAndre Jordan about his first rugby practice. I will preface this by saying if you're a hardcore Nuggets fan, basketball fan, I know that tweet I put out blew up a little bit. Uh, you're going to be very disappointed. I did not ask him any basketball questions really. You're just all about rugby. Uh, so if you want to hear DeAndre Jordan talk about rugby, this is the place for you. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Denver Nuggets center DeAndre Jordan. 
Have you ever played rugby? All right, I'm here with DeAndre Jordan from the Denver Nuggets. How, how was your, your first uh, rugby day? Uh, it was a great experience, man. I'm a big football fan. This is like, it's pretty fun. And also with the altitude and to play, it's, it's very uh, <laughs> it's challenging. But uh, these guys, you know, are extreme athletes and extremely physical. And it was, it was, it was fun to come out here today. Uh-huh. Have you ever, what do you know about rugby? Did you know anything before you came uh, out here? That it was football with no pads and even more physical. So, like, uh, being able to, like, see these guys up close and in, in, in person and actually have to run some drills with them, it was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the rugby guys, you know, especially you heard a little bit, these guys are all they, – they're yeah. crossovers from yeah. other sports. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say rugby's a lot like basketball. Just from your one practice, can you kind of see the similarities? Uh, they, I mean, they run a lot of plays, like a lot of offensive plays as far as, like, passing the ball, trying to find an open man, a lot of weave, things like that. Um, they also <laughs> – run plays like as far as defense like blitzing you know what i mean yeah. blitzing guys with the ball and so it's it's it's, it's it has a lot of similarities to different sports but i can definitely see basketball too yeah, yeah. how good would nikola Jokic be at rugby i've had this theory i think he'd be really good i mean he's a hell of a passer right so <laughs> yeah. good uh, right? he's a big guy he's, he's physical so uh i think that he'd be pretty good at it hopefully we don't see him out here for <laughs> yes a while, yeah he's got to play yeah. stay on the court yeah thank you so much deandre hope you had a good day today thanks for chatting with me yes sir nice to meet you thanks appreciate so it thank you all right, I hope you enjoyed both of those interviews. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading portion of the show now. Required reading is brought to you by Gilbert Rugby. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert Rugby gear. Uh, this piece is entitled, As They Do, Aspen Gents Rally Back in Ruggerfest Final to Beat the Raptors. It's by Austin Colbert and the Aspen Times. So this is just a little newspaper article recap about the gentlemen of Aspen their weekend at Ruggerfest, uh, it's pretty good, you know, representation of what happened in the final if you're interested. Uh, so it's just a pretty standard recap, but if you're interested in seeing what happened in the final, this is the best place to do it. Um, I'll link this article in the article that houses this podcast as well as the description of this podcast. You can just scroll down, click it, be well informed, learn more about uh, the rugby this weekend. Um, that does it for required reading. So we'll jump into the stat of the week. And the stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels. Whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players, Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So with the Nuggets getting a run in with the Raptors last week, made me wonder about the tallest rugby union players in the world. Uh, watching DeAndre Jordan throw the ball around really got the wheels turning in my brain. And DeAndre Jordan is six foot eleven, so I thought he had to be towards the top end of the tallest rugby union players, and I was right. I, I confirmed what I thought. Uh, the tallest rugby union player in the world was Richard Metcalf, who played for Scotland. He stood for, at seven feet tall. Uh, Luke Gross has to be up there too, um, and and realistically, like like whether or not somebody plays international rugby, I think the Raptors could beat this. I think they could break this record. I think they could bring in a guy taller than seven feet, have him play rugby and have him stick because just the type of guys they recruit, it's kind of, it's more difficult in the United States, obviously, because basketball opportunities are, you know, real here. Not so much in Scotland, I would assume. I don't know for a fact, but I haven't heard of too many Scottish basketball players. Um, But if you're that tall, you're usually going to play basketball What's that, what's that crazy stat, like X amount, of X percentage of seven-footers in the world have played in the NBA? That's true because tall people just get more opportunities. That's one thing I've learned since this whole Raptors program started. Um, you, when people are looking for height, like people that 
possessed of this, you know, that are taller than six, 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 seven. They just get more opportunities in life. But I do think that the Raptors could bring in someone taller than seven feet and have them play rugby and break this record. So we'll see. Only time will tell. But that, that's the stat of the week. I thought that was pretty interesting. So we're going to close the show with the loop. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Follow along with everything we got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter, at DNVR underscore rugby, and at Colton Strickler. Um, pretty big week, obviously, with, with Rugger Fest and the Nuggets and um, everything else going on. There's something fun happening tomorrow, again, that I'm going to keep hinting at that I'll talk about more on next week's show. And the best place to keep up with all that stuff is on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. We're getting closer. I know I say it every week, but we are climbing up towards 1,000. We'd really love to get it. You guys can help me. If you find something you like, please share it, retweet it, send it to your friends that also have Twitter accounts so they can follow and we can grow. And I've got stuff coming out still. I'm still working on that Sean Clark thing. He was giving me a bunch of grief last week and I haven't put it out yet. I'm trying. I will get it done, I swear. Um, but follow along on Twitter. That's the whole point. That does it for the show this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll catch you all back here next Friday. 